Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back, everyone. John Shirky, Jamie Wagner, here with you uh, for another episode of our podcast. First of all, Jamie, we just went live uh, yesterday with the podcast with three episodes, and I think both of us were beyond excited about the response that we got, and we want to put out a thank you to all of you who have supported us and want to continue to encourage you to rate, review, and most of all, share the podcast. If you find value in it, give it to somebody that you feel like could benefit from it as well. Excited about our topic today. Uh, Jamie, what are we going to get into? We're going to look at the danger of being on autopilot and drawing out those behaviors that we just do and don't think about and hopefully give us some tools to attack them. Awesome. And I, th- I think certainly relevant to the world that we're living in right now, working at home, being at home, being social distanced, all of those things I think has caused us to really be intentional about how we're spending our time, what we're doing, and maybe not even uh, by choice, but because we have to. No question. Working from home and figuring out how do I balance time with my spouse or my children? How do I help them with school? How do I still engage with my friends and my family? You have to start doing it with some purpose. And, and so it, it's just a really relevant topic in the world that we're living in. And uh, we'll con- you know, I think it's relevant every day, no matter what the circumstance. So hopefully we can, we can encourage you to think that way also. So I know this is something that we talk about in our own conversations a lot. And I know we engage with a lot of uh, literature, quotes, videos, things like that. Anything in particular lately that you've been engaged with that is relevant to the, the topic of intentional behaviors getting off of autopilot? Absolutely. I read a little, I, I, I mean, for lack of a better term, it's a wisdom devotional. It's called The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. And his quote yesterday was, well-being is realized by small steps, but is truly no small thing. And that's actually from Zeno, a philosopher from ancient times. He's going, like, it's just all small steps. And they realized this, you know, 2,000 years ago. And I'm going, man, sometimes I just want to take the big step. I just want to be done with the thing. And I think one of the things we realize is that being done never happens. It's a constant journey. We talk about it all the time. Take a small step, like join us on this journey. We, we want to realize we're never going to reach completion, you know, and, and the hardest thing is realizing that the small steps do matter, that they're hugely important. And really that's where this journey started for us five years ago. And um, you know, 10 years ago probably is figuring out what small steps contribute to our growth as human beings and, and then committing to them. So what, what sort of stuff I think about mental health and your background. And I, I have to imagine that when people come in overwhelmed with a certain frustration or they're, they're trying, you know, I know that you work with athletes to help them perform at their highest level that has to be where you start, you know, like, so what sort of encouragement, what sort of tools are you equipping people with in the mental health field to, to 
take themselves off of autopilot and to start focusing on little details. Yeah. I think you said it best when you, you talked about recognizing where we're at. If we can recognize where we're at and that we are in a pattern of behavior, then we can start to change it. If, if, but we have to identify that first. One approach we use in mental health is cognitive behavioral therapy, which ultimately means we have a thought about a situation or an event that happens that leads into a feeling or an emotion that we experience that ultimately gets to how we're going to choose to respond to that situation or that stressor. Now that process happens instantaneously most of the time, but if we can recognize that that is the process and break those steps into smaller parts, we can start to stop ourselves when we have negative thinking going on and ultimately replace that thought or that emotion and choose a different outcome or a different response to that situation. Like how do you, how do you get to acknowledge, you know, you said you have to recognize and identify the pattern that you're in. How do you recognize and identify a pattern of thought? You know, that might not be something people do consciously. Well, most of the time people come in with an outcome and they say, this is what happened. And so we work backwards from there. So what do you remember about right before that happened in terms of, was there something going on in your body physically? What, what sort of mindset were you in? What, what thoughts were going through your head? Did you, do you remember feeling any sorts of nerves, anxiety, frustrations, anger, sadness, any of those things? And so you start with an outcome and you work backwards. Most people are able to kind of say, yeah, that's, I, I identify some things that have happened. And I think it's that process and it's done over and over. And then people start to realize that in the moment they can recognize, oh, hey, I'm starting to feel this or I had this thought go through my head and that's going to lead to this. Now I can start to change that thought, which creates a new feeling and a potentially another outcome. I think that's, you know, some really good stuff in there. Namely the, you got to do it again and again, but also we start with outcomes. We start with what happened so often, you know, in a, in the business world, Oh, I didn't get this sale. I didn't, you know, close this deal. I didn't execute on the project that I was working on. Like why it's frustrating me. Now I'm feeling this thing as a result, instead of saying, you know, the way that you broke it down, well, I actually had a series of thoughts, feelings, and responses all the way through that got me to that outcome. Breaking that down is what allows us to, to potentially make change at some point. And, you know, when we work with athletes, we're doing the exact same thing. We're, we're saying, you know, what's, what feelings are you having in practice? You know, what's happening to your focus because you were emotionally drained about this other thing over here, or when expectations are super high, what is the feeling that you have that results in the performance that you have? And so it, it kind of morphs into every area of life. We just have to stop and recognize it. So, I mean, obviously so far we've been heavy on the emotional side. Let's get into some practical stuff. So you mentioned coaches and athletes. Why is it important for a coach or an athlete to start thinking intentionally about their behavior and instead of 
just showing up and doing what they always do. I think as a coach, obviously like we, we do what we always do because it works because it gets outcomes that we're okay with. Right. And that's the challenge is to say to yourself, am I okay with this or do I want to grow? Do I want to improve? Because if we continue to do it the way that we've always done it, we will plateau at some point. There's, there is no more growth. And so we have to then look at what is the, what are the desired outcomes in the future? It's kind of that goal setting thing. So now we've, instead of saying this thing happened, we're saying, I want to get to here. And we just assume that, oh, when I get better athletes, when I get better involvement from parents, when I get better engagement from my staff, we'll actually get there. Well, that might be true, but you might also have to change something along the way. And so you have to be very specific about how do we get to the outcomes we want. And then you're constantly reassessing. You're constantly looking at, did this, was this effective to get us to where I thought it would get us? And if not, does it need to be changed? And what about it needs to be changed? Then you start to get into the details of how it can be changed. So I think as a coach, you know, and, and I think you can relate to this too. It's like, yes, we want this outcome, but in order to get there, we have to take a ton of little steps that need constant reassessment. Well, I think the other thing you mentioned um, a couple of minutes ago was you want to take the big step. I think as coaches, we fall into that sometimes where we want the outcome to be elite performance. We want it to be championships. We want it to be conference titles. We want it to be state championships, whatever level you are aspiring to, we want that and we want it now. And so when, then we start to think about, well, yeah, but there's all these things that we have to change. So how do we avoid getting caught up in the, I want to take the big step and here are all the things. How do we decide what we're going to focus on? Well, I think the reality is that once you focus on one thing, it starts to bleed into everything. That sort of behavior and action that you're talking about, that, that repetitive behavior, even if it's about emotional thing, that repetition of this is what I was thinking, this then caused me to feel this, and this then was my response. We can do that as coaches too and say not necessarily about thinking, feeling, and response, but this action led to this little outcome that then led to this little outcome. Oh, we didn't take the right step as a football coach. You hear that all the time. Uh, Well, why was that? You know, and so now you can start to get into one area. And if you start to focus on one area, you start to see the connections from area to area to area that allow you to make growth. And it really boils down to that. Those little details are the same behavior. You're just applying them to a different thing. So if you're practicing the behavior, you're now going to have outcomes in all of those areas that you're talking about it still might take time. I think that's the thing that we need to be aware of is that we have to give these processes enough time to breathe and grow and to understand that they're going to go through kind of natural life cycles. Also, they're going to ebb and flow and they're going to be really good at sometimes and they're going to be frustrating at other times and understanding when to stay the course and when to jump off, you know? Well, and that's so relevant for us right now. We just had this conversation about our podcast launching and having initial support. And what do we do down the road when that may wane a little bit? Hopefully it doesn't. I think we have a lot of really 
strong support from, from our family and our friends for sure. And, and some of our teammates and things like that. And I think we will provide value, but there, the natural progress, you know, that J curve is there's going to be a dip. And how do we deal with that? How do we decide whether or not to stay the course and, or turn back around? So I think, yeah, you know, like you talked about the dip. That's a Seth Godin book. Check it out. He talks about, is it a dip or is it a cul-de-sac? And, um, it's a really short book, easy read, um, that gives us the sense of what we're talking about here. So if you're kind of like, what are you talking about a dip or the J curve, check that out. That will help clarify that process for you. But it's like, everything starts really wonderfully because you have momentum and encouragement, but at some point that momentum fades and you're going to see that maybe it's not going as well as I want to. And I'm going to take the, you know, and in the Ryan holiday stuff, I just read the quote from, he says like choose the right way or the easy way, you know? And so the easy way is when it gets hard to back out of it and to say, I'm not, you know, these little things aren't really adding up. Um, but I think that, you know, as a coach and as an athlete, you can take stuff from this as an athlete. You walk out to practice, you're like, oh, I'm here. I'm going to run these things that they, whatever they tell me to run, I'm going to do it. But can you focus on as a track athlete? Can you focus on posture? Can you focus on delivering power through the ground? Can you focus on, you know, generating, movement and being efficient with your movements like those specific focuses allow much better outcomes and yep they might break down you might be able to do it one rep and then you're you're physically not strong enough to do it again but focusing your attention on it allows the possibility that you can do it better and better and better and better each time and so uh, i would say for encouragement lean on like small improvements lean on feeling victory in the small gains. Um, because man, that's life. (laughs) life. Well, that, that leads me to my next question. And part of what we talk about in, uh, whether it be on our podcast or in our social media, whatever is, you know, this is a journey for us too. So, you know, we talk about small steps. Where have you seen that play out in your life? Any concrete examples that might be relevant to, intentional behaviors? Well, we endeavored upon starting a budget five years ago. Um, and this is such a huge topic that we're going to devote a lot of time to it in a future episode, hopefully get a guest on that will, will walk us through dealing with debt and managing kind of the fear and frustration of that. Um, but about five years ago, I was a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt, you know, just which is hard to say to a podcast right now. Like it's like, Oh my goodness. Letting people know that that was a real thing five years ago. But Um, you're, you're also not alone in that. No, you know, you're, I think there are people listening to this that are saying, yeah, okay. Me too. Now what? (laughs) Now what? So what? And the truth is we're not anymore because we took a bunch of small steps. And actually last year we, you know, we sold our house, which we had a mortgage on and bought a different house or we no longer have a mortgage. And so like some of those things have been uh, just an accumulation of small steps where it's like, I got to get specific about what I'm spending money on. I have to get specific about, do I want this thing? Do I need this thing? You know, just digging into the details of how I live, you know, going to the groceries or the convenience store every morning and getting 
two Dr. Peppers, um, a candy bar at, for lunch, and then a, you know, a granola bar or something for breakfast. A, a roll. Totally disregard the nutritional value of all of that, but in specific, <laughs> we're talking about the budget, right? <laughs> Those <Yeah>. things. <laughs> Fitness is important to me, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> so, but at that point in my life, that was something, and really, I think a lot of that terrible eating habits were a product of stress and frustration and fear and doubt and, and needing sugar to overcome some of that work. Well, Well, and I think, you know, I know you well enough to know that by you focusing on your budget, that changed your nutritional habits. You know, you you no longer drink diet or Dr. Pepper. Um, when you do eat candy bars or Reese's peanut butter cups, which are clearly, you know, your thing, um, you're intentional about it and it's a, and it's a choice to do that rather than this is just a thing that I do. Well, and you said it like it changed my nutrition. It also changed literally everything about my life. I mean, it didn't change it right away, but we just talked about it as a coach when you or in business in mental health, when you focus on one detail, it the behavior changes. So the outcomes in more than one area change. And so I, you know, focusing on my nutrition was just a natural byproduct of the budget because I didn't want to spend money on pop anymore, you know, especially not, you know, $4 every morning on two sodas when I could buy a 24 pack for $7 at the grocery store. But it, it, it required some future thinking and some preparedness for the future. And then it, you know, it, it turned into my business life, my, my life as a teacher, uh, you know, my relationships with my friends, uh, you know, like in the by in the process of this, like I, we saved money for a ring and a wedding and we bought, you know, we've bought two new vehicles and like everything that came of that and not new vehicles, used vehicles, but uh, <laughs> like everything that came of that was really the byproduct of saying, I want to take control of the way that I'm feeling and my thoughts about worthlessness and frustration and fear. I want to take control of those things. And this is how I do it by taking specific action that kind of leads me to a place where I have more comfort and confidence. And then it's a virtuous cycle and it it just keeps growing. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about, we have a, one of our former teammates is a financial planning or financial analyst and he's got a podcast, new podcast out called the dollar derail. And on their, one of their most recent episodes, they were talking about similar things. And one of the concepts he talked about was understanding and getting intentional about what you're spending your money on in order to create the budget. Right. But also understanding the flip side of what you might be saying no to. So it's not about, and we're not here to tell you that you shouldn't, you know, go to Starbucks and buy a $4 coffee every morning. If that is what brings you joy and you value that and you build and you're intentional about that, great. Just like for you, if the Dr. Pepper was still a thing, that's fine if you choose to do that. But doing it by letting it happen to you instead of choosing to do that. You know, and so he talked about if you go and buy the big screen TV for your living room, just know that that might mean now you're saying no to going out to eat once a, once a month with your family or 
going on a trip next month or some of those things. So again, it brings intentionality to, and that's the finance finance world. But again, that applies to all, all aspects of our, of our being and our performance. Well, so, that's, that's the getting off of autopilot is understanding that when I make this choice here, it's going to have consequences, good and bad in other areas of my life that is going to force another choice on me. And then you start to make choices instead of reacting, you know, and we worked with a business last year where their biggest concern is we have people that just react to chaos rather than responding to planning. You know, I think we all live like that where things come up that we couldn't have foreseen and they create a thought that creates a feeling that creates a response and that response might be negative. And then we have to react again. And when we start to choose, you start to identify and like that becomes the habitual behavior. You start to identify this is the choice or this is the choice. Now you're not reacting to the next problem that you've created. You're responding to the problem that just happened. And that was my life in debt. (laughs) that, That was my life in debt. And it wasn't just about debt and money. It was trickling into every area and it was causing those negative effects because it was just a cascading problem. I think another important part of this, this whole conversation then is not only getting off of autopilot and and being intentional about how you're spending your time, your energy in your relationships and your work, whatever it is. I think a, a big part of being able to do that consistently and continuing that is having some sort of tool that you, use to monitor that you know uh, i was reading an article this morning about this guy who was interviewing uh, a fortune 500 ceo and he just spent some time with him and happened to go work out with him one morning before work and halfway through the workout this guy pulls out a little notebook and he starts writing and and the guy asks him he's like what are you i'm just curious what are you writing down and he said i've written down every workout that i've had for the last year and a half because it helps keep me accountable to where I'm at and it, and it helps keep my focus on these are the things that I want to be doing. And I think about, you know, we, we have a friend group that we started some personal accountability with in terms of skill building and what do we want to get better at sort of this deliberate practice that we've already talked about. And I think the tool that I use is a spreadsheet, which is, is super simple, but it, you know, it's something that I check in with and I have to document and, it keeps me intentional. I, you know, the last night I was thinking about, we have two days left of this month. And, and part of this month was we're doing a hundred pushups a day. And I was looking and I, I missed a few days. And so I was, I was thinking about, well, how do I, how do I get to at least average a hundred pushups a day? Yeah. And with two days left, I figured it out. And it's like, I, I got to do 288 pushups the next two days to average hundred a day. And the, the thing that struck me was that's the little thing. Like I let the little thing go one or two or three days, those little steps. And all of a sudden now I'm feel like I'm way behind and it's insurmountable. Right. When the reality is if I just take care of the little steps every day, the big change is going to happen. Right. The thing's going to take, the outcome is going to take care of itself. Well, and I think the the reality is, is 
this is me talking to you as a friend and not as a podcast, like it's okay. It's okay that you didn't get to a hundred every day. You know, we, we are so hard on ourselves that one day missing one day and not getting to our goal feels like we should just stop and quit. And the reality is that stuff comes up, life happens and being disciplined is hard. I think, uh, you know, it's James clear and atomic habits says, just don't miss two days in a row. You know, like get back, you know, so you missed yesterday. Okay, cool. Have grace with yourself. Be kind to yourself and start over, you know, start a new streak, start again. And I think, you know, this then is for everybody is to hear and say like, it's okay that I didn't do it yesterday. It's okay that I failed. It's okay that I struggled with this thing. I, when we started budgeting, it was like every week we were looking at it and going, Oh, we did not set aside enough money for X. And had we just stopped because it was hard, then we'd still be, you know, feeling like we're oppressed by the financial reality of our life. And I was like, no, we got to just reassess. We're going to check back in, say, I can change this so that I'm more successful next time, you know? And if we do a hundred pushups a day next time, like, okay, you know, you're going to miss a few days, do 125, a few days, set yourself up for success, know who you are and know what challenges you face. Identify the processes in your life that are challenging and then choose because that's what we're asking of you, of us, of each other. When we say, let's get off autopilot. We're saying, take control of your life by making consistent choices. And if you don't, it's okay. Just try again, do it again tomorrow. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a good, good spot to leave it in terms of hey, get intentional about choosing what happens in, in all areas of your life, but start by focusing on one and it's going to impact everything else. I got a quote I want to kind of leave people with, you know, for today. And it's, and it's an encouragement. It's, to challenge the dead space in your life. Think of what frustrates you the most, where your struggles are at, where you're in a routine that you can't get out of. When you attack these problems with intentional behavior, your image, your personal confidence, your self-esteem will flourish. Take a step today, get intentional, focus on one area of your life. And as always, live eyes up. <laughs>